So in our course, we're never taking on directly the, the heavy thing. So we're not going, polar bears are dying, ha ha. We're making fun of the silly system that we've created that has that output. This is Belina Raffing, and you are listening to the 29th episode of the Influence by Nature podcast. I am happy to have you listening, and I'm your host, Stina Ashod. Often when we talk climate change and sustainability, it can all get a little bit heavy and at least our media have a certain tendency to make it all very doom and gloom. Well, our guest on this week's episode is trying to do the opposite of this. So she is opening up these topics by making them very relatable and turn them into something that we can all laugh at together. I call uh, Belina Raffi over Skype to talk about her project, Sustainable Stand Up, which, as they say, helps us to learn how to be engaged and smart and funny about stuff that matters. So Belina and her crew creates courses in comedy all over the world for you and for me and for anyone else interested in some form of sustainability or social change. So each course is finished off with a live show where the participants make a five-minute stand-up session about topics that matters and in that way, connect to other people and expand that general perception of these very important topics. Belina herself is the founder and director of Sustainable Stand-Up and began doing stand-up um, and improv comedy in 1996. And today she does Sustainable Stand-Up in so many cities around the world. You may have heard of them, you may have not. But um, I hope you will enjoy this interview with Belina and get to know a new way of communicating important topics such as sustainability and climate change. Let's just dive in. Thank you so much for joining me on the Influence by Nature podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about comedy and it's something I've been really excited about talking about um, because stand-up or comedy about climate change or sustainability is not something we see very often um, so that's what this whole episode is about and i'm super excited to have you on belina um would you mind just giving us a short introduction of yourself like your background what got you into comedy in the first place sure sure um I've always liked making people laugh and I always liked watching other comedians, specific comedians. And um, <clears throat> I, my first job was at the back office of, of a bank in New York and it was really stressful. And I wanted a way to play with people. So I took improv classes and stand-up classes for the first time in 1996. And um, I, I loved both. They do kind of different things. They're, they're different skill sets. Um, and in my career, I ended up, um, I, and I still do, I'm an improv consultant. So I work with organizations normally around the world and help us uh, co-create with sustainability in mind, with thriveability in mind. How do we align organizations with nature? But I also noticed that this, there's this aspect of how sustainability issues were being communicated, which was um, had a lot of problems in it psychologically in terms of engaging other people. So I decided, let me launch a really nice form of stand-up comedy, a really sort of compassionate form of stand-up comedy about stuff that matters as um, to do a few different things. One is 
like if we're staring at, you know, like um, dying polar bears or whatever aspect of it is that is our kind of um, what we look at, it can get really heavy. And sometimes we feel like we can't bring any lightness that that would lessen the impact and import of what we're doing. Um, and but that's really dangerous for our health. Um, there's studies that show that if we remove our hope, we're stressed and we remove the sense of hope, our immune system is depressed um, and laughter brings back the immune system and boosts it. Um, and I wanted a way to have um, these lovely people who are fighting day in and day out to make the world a better place to, to have the power that I was watching John Stewart, John Oliver, those types of people have to really get these important ideas across, but in ways that people could listen. So um, that's where I brought the, the the comedy in. So I've been running Sustainable Stand Up for about four years uh, now, and my company is 11 years old. So it's, it's I still do the applied improv stuff, um, and Sustainable Stand Up is a specific program that is um, stand up with improv mindsets and practice. Um, to craft a five-minute comedy set about stuff that matters. Amazing. Okay, so <laughs> just for just to take a short one. So sure. the the difference between improv and comedy. What would you say? So you have like these two things right now, like improv comedy and I don't know if you would call it normal stand-up. stand-up, stand-up comedy. Would... Yeah. So the difference. So <clears throat> improv is really about. Um, there's a guy named Robert Poynton who who did this really lovely model, and I, I like to joke that if I had any tattoos, I would have his model tattooed somewhere on my body. <laughs> and it's this triangle, <laughs> and he talks about like what's the core capabilities of improv, and it's about let go, notice more, use everything, and accept and build on what's what is. So so improv theater, um, and I've studied with Keith Johnston, who was one of the grandfathers of performance improv. The improv theater is usually it's several people on stage, and they're co-creating in the moment and there's certain rules that they're operating by things like make each other look good and um uh accepting and building on it ideas being curious being present um that sort of thing and i wanted to bring some of that to the craft of stand-up because stand-up is usually quite solitary um you write and you refine and you rehearse your stuff and we also do very much do that in the course that we're trying to bring the that kind of how can you be on stage and generous and connected with your audience in a similar way to improv improvisers being up on stage and being connected with each other and the audience. Um, so this, this we're very much like we're in it together. Um, I'm trying a big one for sustainability people. So somehow the language is slipped and a lot of them start almost every sentence with, but <laughs> so to them, get them to not put their butt in other people's faces and take that out. Um, and it's amazing how different as, as the same sentence lands if you just remove the book, starting with but, like it just shifts the whole impact of it. As in they make excuses or how does how does that work? It's a very disconnecting start to a sentence. So, so they'll want to talk about something that's actually happening in the world, uh, you know, something that is part of the premise, the topic that they're looking at. Um, so that we had a lady talking about um, uh, refugees and what a nightmare it is to get um, tampons and things like that for female refugees, because they're expensive and, you know, all of these things. And when you're kind of in this mode of activism or being really passionate about something, we all tend to start our sentences with, but this is really important, you know, but they can't do anything. And and just saying, 
instead of they can't afford it, it, but they can't afford it, saying they can't afford it. It's a really interesting psychological shift. And then if you can make fun of something tangential. So in our course, we're never taking on directly the, the heavy thing. So we're not going, polar bears are dying. Ha ha. Like, that's not what we're doing. We're, 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 what we're doing is... That might set some people off a bit. <laughs> exactly. What we're doing is we're making fun of the silly system that we've created that has that output. I'll give you an example. One of the first courses I ran, so it was about four years ago, had a NASA climate scientist in it. And he's one of the top carbon experts, and he has to go to the Arctic to do, you know, samples and things like that. And to do his job, he had to learn in great detail how to kill a polar bear, <laughs> which is the poster animal for us. And not like, a, not like um, a, offensively uh, um, kill it, but basically they've worked, they're starving and they've worked out that humans are tasty. So they might have a go at attacking the camp. And he needs he needed to learn like how to shoot it and then how to drag its carcass to the officials to prove that it wasn't like trophy hunting and stuff like that. So that's just like such a silly system. So here he is trying to like make the world a better place and more sustainable so the polar bears can be alive. <laughs> and the one thing And up he goes with a big rifle. <laughs> I know. When, and and part of his training includes how to kill point blank polar bear so so those are the silly things that we're engaged in that we're trying that bring lightness so that when we you know just the fact that we're tuning into he's there and he's taking samples tunes us into something serious is happening and we you know and that needs to be done but the fact that we can laugh about something tangential makes it easier for that heavier stuff to kind of land and sink in that's incredible all right so it is Obviously not like maybe tackling head on the big fundamental questions, but still um, like pointing your finger a little bit about the ridiculous stuff that happens in our yeah. society, right? Exactly. And especially in the process of trying to make it better. <laughs> like, you know, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw Jane's uh, Farrago set. Uh, she's taking the course for the second time she's in Melbourne and she did this fantastic set of if you are in sustainability, you will be morally inconsistent. <laughs> and for some reason, people like people like to there's a certain personality type out there that likes to point out where people who are trying to make the world a better place are inconsistent because there's this almost like assumption that if you're not trying at all but are morally consistent, <laughs> that's way better than trying and having a few things that are not aligned with what you do <laughs> and she did it so beautifully i reckon actually i did watch it because i was well amused by how like uh, it is easy to point your finger at like people who are trying to do something good but then are maybe slightly off from time to time yeah. then it's just better than not doing any good at all yes yeah so she was the one who was saying um you know oh you're vegetarian but you're wearing leather shoes <laughs> <laughs> the one in her, in her set. So, and and what I love about this is, you know, people in sustainability know that the stereotype about them is that they are they like they're they're kind of holier than thou, and that they're going to judge the audience and stuff like that. So if they can get their first, if they can sort of show they're not like that, and to get their quicker on the stereotypes and be playful with them, they're in a much better position to be like endeared and adored by the audience you know what I mean you become a hero if if you can get there first and be adorable about it yeah like I suppose it's also maybe what you see in what I would call regular stand-up that you take a great deal of 
um what can you 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 make fun of yourself a lot like before you can kind of make fun of the audience yeah and we're trying not not to have anybody make fun of the audience they can be playful with them but we really want the sense of i'm okay you're okay this is silly because a lot of the the language unfortunately for sustainability is i'm okay you're messed up Yes. You know what I mean? It's just not endearing or engaging in any in any way. So so that's a big part of the language shift is we don't want to be mean mean or aggressive to the audience. We're in it with them, and and to offer like your silly magical solutions to whatever it is to um, offer just the unique way that everybody thinks. Um, and and we're also during the six weeks, and which is why it takes six weeks. When we're nervous, we tend to go negative. And actually, improvisation is a technology to flip that um, of instead of going negative, going positive or going neutral or being curious, but but to counteract that I'm afraid so I'm going to go negative. And I'm bringing that to the stand up. So it's a really positive form of stand up. And people have said, you know, that they're looking around and it's impacting the rest of their lives and that they're they're seeing silly things, you know, that make them laugh that would have before stressed them out. Um, there was a lady who, uh, actually the lady who was doing, talking about refugees, she said, um, it, it, she was trying to wake up um, at six in the morning and keep everything dark in London uh, for her boyfriend so he could keep sleeping. And she t- she tried to put her bra on and it broke in her hands. <laughs> she said, initially, like before the class, she would have been less, like really angry and like, what a stupid morning. And she said she burst out laughing. <laughs> and, and that's what I love is it's like this kind of, this course sort of invites people to rewire their brain and be on a treasure hunt for what's silly and light and and delightful even in the stuff that that might frustrate us do you think that's in general something that we are lacking as a society within these subjects like because obviously you you have a whole reason for for taking these subjects up in the first place but do you think these are one like one of the reasons why you're thinking this is something really important i gotta teach people how to make fun of it Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, so I was in um, England for, you know, 15, for 15 years. And what really stuck with me is I met some of the early transition town people there. And they were so dour and holier than thou, thou that I'm like, even if, if we all die, I'd rather hang out with the fun people out here <laughs> than live in a community with them because they just seem like all like so unhappy and and there's this thing like the elizabeth kubler ross grief curve which i i teach a lot so i teach improv for sustainability experts as well and some of the psychology that goes around it and um for me a big part of that is it's almost like the grief curve you know like when somebody close to us dies or when we go through a big change we go through uh, all of these different stages and it's not a linear process but there's different stages we go through and the first tends to be denial and then fear and anger and depression and then acceptance and building and curiosity so what i saw a lot of sustainability people do is get to anger and then say okay so we're enlightened because we're in anger <laughs> you guys in <laughs> denial are unenlightened and if you become enlightened, you can become as angry as we are. And I'm like, that's not a, right. not a great <laughs> proposition there, guys. So what I'm trying to do is help people get to the other side of the you, which is the the acceptance and building and playfulness. Let's make what we want sexy instead of trying to get a, away from what we don't want, because that's not psychologically appealing. 
there's a great I don't know if you read Cradle to Cradle. Uh, what's his name? There are two guys who who wrote it, and it's a fabulous book about how can we from the, the kind of beginning of creating a product to the end life cycle of it. How can we make sure that it's it's it, even, uh, neutral or if not regenerative to the earth? And there was this great line in it of Do you want sustainability was all about kind of uh, how do we be less bad and and he said do you want your marriage to be less bad or do you want it to be <laughs> you know what I mean so, so for, for me like I've done lots of different projects most of my work is about how do we focus what how do we make that thing that we want delightful instead of focusing on all the stuff that we don't want because if we focus on what we want to create that's wonderful and engaging and funny and sexy and whatever the problems are kind of folded in, but we're focused on the solution instead of getting mired down in the in the problems. And the other thing I wanted to, for sustainable stand-up, the reason, so stand-up comedy is scary for everybody. You know, like people say, what are you most afraid of? And it's like, you know, um, being on stage and death. Like, like, like a death. <laughs> Them two. On stage. Equal. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, being on stage was higher. <laughs> more, uh, more higher. So, um, and for me, that is some serious fear. Zach. It is, isn't it? And, and um, improv, for me, is a secret love technology. So it helps shift that fear to connection and generosity and 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 love, really. And so I'm using the improv mindsets in service of creating a really nice form of stand-up. But so we can work together and really support all each other through this process we're getting we're getting closer to something that's scary right which is exactly what sustainability people are trying to do we're trying to bring awareness that we're getting closer and closer to scary things and we need to shift it and so for me if people can individually go through a process and work out how to support themselves and others to go through that process in a joyful way in a delightful way it gives them something really powerful to go back into their jobs with to understand, okay, here's how I need to talk about it. Here's how I need to engage others. That's much more powerful than the fear-led or, you know, being serious but being solemn at the same time. That sounds so right as well. Is there anything uh, within the topics that you are teaching, is there anything you can't make jokes about? Is there anything where you're like, uh, no, this, uh, this, is, this is something that we just don't really joke about within... I don't know, sustainability and climate change and environment. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely question. There's a few things. <clears throat> so these are all beginners, right? Um, and there are a few things that are taboo and a few things that are hard, even if you're a, a, an incredible expert. So things like, um, so, so for the program, it's important to note that I define sustainability really broadly, anything that makes the world a better place, so that we can have a soil expert next to a science communicator next to uh, somebody who has a great insight on parenting. And I love that like the, the values are the same for the people, but what they care about is very different, and they all enrich each other. Um, and I've had themed shows and themed courses before, like the, sustain, the um, Sustainable Living Festival in Melbourne. That was more kind of activists and things like that. But generally, it's kind of this nice mix. And um, so, you know, like there's certain sexual things that you want to stay away from because that's just awkward and really hard to do well. Um, a- anger is a tough one is is we try to to make sure that it's not like you can have an emotional journey in it, which is nice and interesting, but you want to at least start and end happy neutral. Um, 
and you don't want to be angry for a long time because that's a very disconnecting um, emotion and it's hard to do well. Uh, so, so I want to make, uh, help people be their most adorable selves up there. <laughs> so, so we look at like, you know, if you're angry about something and actually the first class, we do something called the rant activity where people rant and complain for a minute and we listen for the beautiful thing that they care about and the thing that they want based on what they've said. And it's like, okay, that's the thing that you share in the set, not the anger. That makes sense. So, so, uh, yeah, yeah. so what else do we not, um, take on um twice recently i've had people who started to go down their set in a way that was really um would have disconnected them from the audience because in one case they were trying to call people who were in the denial bit or people who were not kind of on board with sustainability lemmings <laughs> which was kind of derogatory <laughs> lemmings. Um, lemmings, um, and then there was something else that happened this morning with melbourne there was um it was another kind of a similar effect of like um, you don't you just don't get it type thing of of me versus us. So so that's the type of thing I try to invite them to remove. And how can you be in it with um, the audience? Yes, because that's a much like more exciting proposition. Yeah, try not to be too ignorant at least for <laughs> or don't like down towards your that's, audience. That's it. It's it's don't talk down to them. Um, uh, so, oh yeah, the, the lady was, um, and she's a fabulous person and we're all like, you know, like on this learning journey together. She started kind of from the premise that, um, there's a lot of water illiterate people, but just kind of calling people that just seems a little mean. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so can you, like, how's a way to, that you can teach us about it in a playful, silly, funny way? You know, um, and 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 she's totally up for it, and she even added this fantastic rap at the end, which I wasn't expecting, which was fabulous. Amazing. So so people like they've got to be up for it, and they got to. I think they have to be curious about how can I do this and be nice. Do you know what I mean? Like they they can't be so on on fire angry that they're not willing to try and let that go and see what happens. Um, and working more and more with the with some of the activist community, that's a that's an interesting one. For the um, Sustainable Living Festival, there were two lovely um, activist lads who I think who who did who who had a very lovely shift um, because to be angry all the time takes a lot of energy, first of all, but you also kind of steal yourself for the response and whatever, and it's a really hard way of being. And what they liked about this invitation is to talk about all the stuff they care about, but make themselves laugh first and make other people laugh. And what's what's more engaging for the audience versus pushing them away? And I think they could really see that. So they said, one of them said, it's totally changed how he um, does sustainability training with others. And he feels more comfortable putting in light jokes and things like that in it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible because that is sometimes what you find in these communities where we all care so much about the climate change we all care so much about sustainability and and it can quickly become something that you care so much about that you kind of like pack yourself in a little bit and yeah. you become a bit or you give up a bit or you become a bit angry and that just creates this divide between yeah. people you're trying to convince that they should also care about it yeah. um so it sounds it sounds so rational like <laughs> trying to make people laugh and that might make them also actually care yeah. in in the sense that you want them to care yeah you said you've had these activists on um 
for the festival, what type of people is it normally that that show up at these uh, courses that you make? They're they're really different. Like I, I don't know how to answer that now. Um, and, and what's lovely is we've been out there for four years, and I've run this in several different countries, and I've run online versions and stuff. We're just about to. Um, we had a Russian guy in Berlin do the last uh, piece. And if you haven't seen his set, I really recommend it's it's beautiful and very funny. Um, <clears throat> the audio is not great. So if you click CC at the bottom, you'll see the, the credit, the captions on it. Um, but he and I, because he does um, science slams in Russia. So we're now looking to see, can we launch this in Russia, which we're really excited about. Um, where did, oh God, what led me to that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I just derailed myself. <laughs> You said something lovely just before that. <laughs> no, yeah, I just, I actually just asked what kind of people yeah, were. Perfect. Thank you. So um, it, it is really all different types. It, in that Berlin class that we've just had, so, um, uh, I had this lovely manager at, a, at an IT company call me up after he saw um, a set of a friend of his from the previous course. And he said, is it okay if I sign myself and um, four of my... <laughs> advisory board onto the public course and I'm like uh sure um so okay so it was a really interesting weird mix of mostly group the group from one company all knowing each other and then two people from the public who were just like joined up normally and um and somehow it worked it worked beautifully the guy from the company wrote this beautiful blog about what were the benefits that he got as an individual, as a team, but also as a system, like it shifted the culture of the company a bit, at least in locally. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, so it's, it's really, it's hard to predict who's going to come on the course. What, what's nice is more and more people have taken it once and they they come back again for this, like the second and the third time, um, because they're keen on, uh, they just love how it feels. They love the camaraderie, but they also like that creative challenge of something that's really meaningful for them and then looking again it's almost like a a martial arts in that the same lesson gets deeper and deeper the more you have experience and can reflect on it i don't know if that makes sense so so even if you have a, a white belt and a red belt the red belt will see different things from the same course than they did when they were a white belt yeah when you're used to it and you've been through it you can maybe reflect on it on another level exactly um so some of the people are from companies, some are just like the general public. Yeah. Do you know what what people use it like? So they go to this class and obviously they learn a lot of new skills. Yeah. Hopefully they maybe even learn to look at the world a bit differently. Yeah, yeah. But what do what do they take home with them yeah. and and use it for? Yeah. Um, so because the, the people are so diverse, they use it for diverse reasons, which um, sadly makes it a bit of a nightmare to um, uh, to market. But so some of the stuff that I've heard, there's a lady <clears throat> who um, is looking at automation and sustainability, and she did a fabulous set on on robots um, and and uh, just made it really playful. And she's saying that. So I think she was in the course in London about a year and a half, two years ago, and she said even just now she'd given a, a talk the sustainability talk and brought some of those elements back into her talk and they, they were a hit and they got a laugh. So some of it is bringing lightness into the serious talks that you have. Um, some of it is uh, just how are you in the office um, with your colleagues and, you know, do meetings have to be like this or can you be playful? Um, a lot of them say that they're so happy. It's just that lens of viewing things differently because if we see something silly about a system it means that we're temporarily stepping out of it to see it 
so we don't feel like stuck in it for just a few moments while we're seeing something funny in it. Um, and that actually gives us clarity and energy to go back in and change it more. So, so there was a lady um, who was doing a, a PhD on a certain environment outside of, sorry, where was she? She was in Canberra um, that had been really environmentally degraded, you know, like really, um, and, and she's Aboriginal area. And she was saying every time before the class, she would talk about her PhD, she would cry because it would just, she found it so overwhelming. And she said, because of the class, she's found light sparks around it. Um, the thing that she's looking at that give her a lot of energy to keep going and that she was so excited to, to have that from the class. That sounds incredible. So it is, it is really diverse what people use the skills for, I suppose. Yeah. And, and maybe light up a bit around them when they come back from the course, <laughs> which would be also, of course, so nice. They also, they also get friendships out of it that they don't expect. Like all of the London group that were just in the most recent London course are all going to a barbecue together. So I love that because it's kind of like doing um, a, a parachute jump together and and that everybody's helping each other to they all want each other to succeed and, and shine and then you know like when we do the show and the show's euphoric because it's packed with all of your lovely nicest friends it's basically who comes to the show so it's this very euphoric experience and what I love is that because like 99% of them are doing stand-up for the first time expectations of friends are really low <laughs> and we blow them out of the water every single time because by six weeks they're very good um and if you compare them with like the average open mic they're way over what most people produce on, on a typical open mic so new acts um because they're doing this they're, they're doing it with kindness they're doing it wittily and they're doing it about stuff that matters so yeah, so so how like the, the people who come, they don't do they have any skills on beforehand, or are they literally just from the background up and saying, "I've never maybe even been on a stage before. Yeah. Can you teach me how to do comedy?" So um, the lady who did the PhD was so funny. I usually do a survey ahead of time of like, "Where are you on that scale?" Because it is it tends usually people do not have any stand up comedy experience. I ex that's where I, I kind of expect it. Um, every once in a while they do, but the majority does not. Um, and her, her comment was, um, I said, is there anything else that I should know before the course? And her comment was, I hope I don't throw up on stage. Because <laughs> 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 she's really introverted. And she was one of the stars of the show. Um, so Amazing. Yeah, so, the, so there's something about, uh, you absolutely do not need any stand-up experience. I think there's something of, you like to laugh, you like to make your friends laugh a bit, even if you're introverted and shy. There's something about, playfulness and humor that you're drawn to and and it really needs to be you're curious how to do this in a nice way um, because the one thing that this does is if you're not a particularly and this how this this course draws lovely people in it because it just you know, like it kind of has that energy but I've had one or two people who it's really clear they have some dodgy views on certain things and that, like, you know, like, uh, and that comes to the fore right away. You can tell what a person is like from the comedy that they choose to share. Um, so that's an interesting dance of, you know, like for all of us of how do you soften that? How do you, how do you do, deal with that so that even they should, can shine up, up there? Um, but my interest is how can I give massive engagement and power to the kind people trying to make the world better? Like that's what this course is designed for.
that's a good uh, mission as well to have <laughs> for sure that, that is really really nice what well, do people do people come with their own subjects to this or no. um do they come and they say like i'm really passionate about this really specific subject so i want to do stand up about that or do they come and they're like i don't know but i just want to try Mostly the latter. Mostly they have no, I mean, they, they have their jobs. So they have kind of like, they think it might be around that, but they have no idea what they're going to do. And so we take people from zero to a five minute set in, in the six weeks or whatever, <laughs> the six courses. So, um, and, and as this, as I mentioned, one of the ways that we start to tune into what's the conversation you want to have with the world as your first go for stand-up is that rant activity that I, I got from this fabulous um, applied improviser named Kat Coppett, which is just having people complain with energy for a minute and then having reflected back to them, what's the beautiful thing you care about? And it's like, right now, make that funny, like that piece of manifesting that piece funny. And that's, that's one of the first goes. It's so interesting. If I'm right here, like right now, without obviously going to your course, but if I had to like really cram in the course, uh, the six weeks course in just 30 seconds, how, how would I even start? <laughs> I'm giving you a challenge here. How would I start? What should I do to think if I just should choose one topic or one thing to make make comedy about? I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to work out how to answer your question. Um, one of the the other things that we do, so a lot of stand-up comedy courses do lists, and and we do a list. Uh, so I would invite you to do a list of ten things that drive you crazy, like really kind of piss you off, drive you crazy, and then it's like, okay, take a few of those, and what do you secretly like <laughs> about the situation <laughs> that drives you crazy? And that's a really that space. If you're willing to be playful of self and things like that, is is a nice space for jokes to come out those types of contradictions oh that sounds tough but it sounds really fun as well at the same time cool. i could imagine people like now we're talking this is a monday monday right i reckon mondays could get people up and about yeah not necessarily sustainability uh themed but um i reckon i could write down 10 things <laughs> brilliant cool uh that would be nice when you started doing comedy did you so like I know you said like um in the beginning of this interview that you you worked in a bank and then um and then you kind of started doing classes uh taking classes on comedy. Did you start doing comedy about I don't know, if you could call it general comedy, so not necessarily oh, yeah. sustainability minded or Sure. Uh, so yeah, so I, I took courses but I was also performing about once a, a month um uh in in New York City for a while and um yeah, and I was doing just kind of what struck me as funny and silly and, and stuff. And I guess I'm kind of just naturally geared, how can I make it a nice form of stand-up comedy? So I was practicing, like, where's my voice and stuff for that. So that's that's where it came from, yeah. And how, how do you see, like, for you at least, how does, how what is the difference um, that you can feel between doing what you did maybe before and now, like, doing sustainability stand-up? Yeah. What do you get out of it? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I love doing... Every course I deliver, I learn fabulous stuff. I get totally inspired by everybody in the course because um, everybody has these gorgeous gems about how they perceive different kind of um, aspects of what's going on in our world. And, and so, again, the course is, is broader than um, sustainability in the classic sense of environmental impact or whatever like that. And, and I love having the mix. And they sometimes like cross-pollinate. There was one bit... 
That was so interesting. It was the only time I've ever heard the audience gasp due to one of our acts. And it was part of the Sustainable Living, uh, was it? No, it was part of National Science Week. We, so the first cl- uh, show course we did in Melbourne was part of National Science Week. And it was a guy named Vladimir. And he, he was, so you can look up his set. Um, he was an environmental builder, engineer um, in, in construction. And he was saying, he's talking about his frustration because one of the buildings in Melbourne is like a five diamond energy something building. And he said, it's, he's, it's so frustrating because all these um, companies are paying extra to be in the building. And he said, the secret behind it is the IT system, which would micromanage all the energy to make it super efficient. The one guy who knew the password was made redundant. <laughs> can't use it and so it's like kind of a normal building um but what was so interesting it was was i heard people gasp you know and then like laugh at, at other things that he said and and that was really cool so part of it is how can we get truth out there that needs to be said especially if it's done in a nice way you know like it, there's nobody being attacked in that observation it's just like this is really silly why are we like why are we doing that um so i love that it's it's kind of this forum to tell the truth in lots of different ways i i'll give you another thing so there was this fabulous lady from uruguay who was in one of the earlier london ones um she works for i think it's iied or odi one of those like think tanky coolest things and she was she was saying, like, why is it that people from developing nations need to come to the developed nations to tell people how to recycle? <laughs> She's like, that doesn't make any like you guys are supposed to be ahead of us on this. And feels like the opposite of what you hear normally. It totally. And and but she taught me because I I did this thing that she was gently teasing about, which is matchsticks, I kind of always assume they're kind of from nature, so I'll put them in the <laughs> like compost and she's like like so that and that was part of her set is like no they don't go in compost because of this this and this and and so i also learned stuff and so now it like every time i match i'm like ooh, regular garbage you know like this and i I remember it because she wasn't judgy which is you know like what we're, we're blamed to be doing but but it was just she was really playful with like you know um you guys should know better this is, you know, let me tell you how it is. <laughs> that is so nice. So it's also like a massive way of learning, right? So yeah. learning from other people, I think it's, it sounds like such a nice community that you're building up through these classes. We have a secret alumni group in Facebook so that like once you graduate, you get um, invited in if you're on Facebook to join everybody else who's ever been on the course. Getting very exciting. And, and, and what's lovely is like if you have in your set something that's sparks off me remembering a previous participant I will connect you guys so you can have a great conversation about that sort of thing and and so I love that role of finding like minds across many different countries through the comedy that's so nice I hope that will help them as well like because you kind of get this little glimpse of a comedy not career maybe but like a, this little snapshot or something that you don't normally have in your every day and then maybe if you have this alumni network you can kind of like you're tied to it a bit more yeah absolutely there's a guy um a a sight impaired guy who is starting a group he was in the most recent london group and um he's he's basically wants them to continue um uh, with anybody in london who's interested in continuing So, so they're looking at can they get enough people can they hire out a venue to do sustainably themed things because unfortunately in london now there's so much 
um, stand-up going on, but a lot of it feels battery farmed and the rooms aren't particularly nice. And it's like 15, 20 people in a row. And it, like, there's not a lot of compassion in there. So they're looking for, you know, like how can they create their own bubble um, similar to what the course did um, that it is like-minded people that people know that this is going to be a nice form of stand-up comedy and all of that. So, yeah. Do you ever do like stand up yourself still so like uh, like shows and stuff sure yeah so sometimes i i MC the classes um and uh recently um i i was, had a bit of anxiety recently i ended up in the hospital just checking that i was not having a heart attack and i was not having a heart attack which was fabulous oh God. but two days later we had, okay, we had the berlin show so i did a set a comedy set about being in the emergency room <laughs> as a way of just um, making me laugh and distracting me from all the stress of that. Um, so yeah, I, I still do comedy very, very much so. And there's another thing. Um, so we're playing with a few different formats. Sometimes I MC the shows, which is really lovely because I've seen everybody kind of develop their sets throughout and I can weave stuff in there. Um, I also, for the Copenhagen one, I don't know if you saw, I did an interview with Ole Kassau, um, who is this fabulous social entrepreneur who came up with Cycling Without Age um, with the rickshaw bikes and the elderly. And he and I did a 15-minute interview before, like kind of as a precursor to the comedy show, and it went really well. We had we had such a good time. So we're just trying to find like different formats to make it a delightful show. And make the shows change all the time, probably. That is, you do it so many different places all around, it feels like, at the moment that they got to be a bit different, right? Yeah. Sort of uh, here towards the end, like, yeah. is there any like tips maybe that you can give me if I, if I for some reason cannot join your class or if there's not really a class near me, yeah. um, is there any way that I can maybe engage in this kind of sustainable standup or at least um, communication about sustainability, like change maybe the way that I'm acting in my surrounding at my work or with my friends or family um, about sustainability. Nice, nice. Um, I do individual coaching as well. So that's one thing that we can, uh, you know, like if people are interested in that, I'm happy to, to talk about, especially if you have a certain um, presentation that you're that's coming up that you want it to be kind of different from all the other doom and gloom, we're all going to die and stuff. Like it can still have aspects. We've of that. heard a few times, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you want to present it in a novel way that people will really remember and have impact, um, uh, so I do individual coaching around those sorts of stuff. I also I'm going to lots of different cities, and one of the things. So I had to postpone a world tour, but I will be going to uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Tokyo. Uh, later in the year, probably on my way to Australia, <laughs> sort of trying to sync all of that stuff up. And if people are interested in, in me coming to their city, what I'm looking for is somebody to help me find 12 lovely people to be on the course and finding a venue for the... So, so the format that I usually run is um, once a week for four weeks, a 75-minute online session. And then I fly to the city and then it's um, two in-person, two-hour courses and then we do a show. So if they can help me find a, a fabulous venue for the last piece of the in-person piece uh, and 12 lovely people, then I'm, I'm happy to f travel. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, so, so I'm, this is a mobile thing. In term, so I can either coach or I can, we can look at kind of going to different cities. 12 people and a venue yeah. and you are, you're right and there. And I'm there, yes. <laughs> when and where is your next course? 
if anybody is interested. Thank you, thank you. Um, so uh, I got two uh, courses coming up soon. So one is going to be in Berlin, and it starts September 3rd. Um, and the other one is London. So it's going to be an online and then in-person one in London, and that starts September 20th. Um, so if people are interested in that, um, uh, it'd be good for them to book soon because uh, they get, they're starting to get packed out, which is rather nice. <laughs> So. That is rather nice. You might you might see a whole new wave of sustainable stand-up coming in all around. <laughs> that would be amazing. that must feel so good to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. How can people keep updated on like whether you have a course that's coming to their city yeah. or like how how do people keep updated with you guys? So much going on. Um, cool, cool. So so um, I have a Facebook page, Sustainable Stand-Up, on Facebook, and that's kind of the main hub unfortunately so for people who are not on um uh, facebook uh, we have a website sustainablestandup.com and every once in a while i tweet at uh, sus stand up <laughs> um so those sort of three things um and um uh, also through my um, Mafic site, uh, Mafic.com. Mafic means to boisterously celebrate. That's kind of my main company site. They can click through to sustainability, uh, sustainable standup and kind of sign up to be told um, or to tell me like, hey, I'm in this city. If anything happens in this city, let me know and then um, we can we can tell them. So. I hope so many people are going to sign up to these classes. I would love to sign up and uh, get out of my comfort zone and talk about sustainability in a fun way to people. I think that would be, that would maybe be my next uh, challenge, I suppose I would call it. Um, thank you so much for for explaining sustainable stand-up to us and and um, yeah, getting us involved in, in all of this like comedy that is rising up in, not just in Europe, but actually around the world where wherever you're going i think that was so so interesting to hear all about it thanks for a great interview it was really lovely to, to speak with you that was it for this interview with belina about sustainable stand-up if you follow sustainable stand-up on facebook or head over to sustainablestandup.com you can keep an eye on whether their cause is in or near your city soon you can also find these links and more through our site, influencebynature.com, um, in this episode's show notes. We have now been going for more than a year with this podcast, and it's been absolutely amazing. Um, we even celebrated our one-year anniversary in Copenhagen last week. The next little while, though, will be a little bit different, because, first of all, the amazing Michelle is spending the whole summer back in California, lucky her, and I am leaving for an exchange semester in Australia until January. But don't worry, we, the podcast will still be around, it will still be well and it will still be alive. Um, but it's most likely not going to be as regularly out as we've tried to make it so far. Keep an eye on our website for new episodes and blog posts. And remember to follow our Facebook and Instagram profiles where we'll keep you updated on our endeavors over the next few months. You can always write to us on ibnpod at gmail.com. Um, we'll always love to hear from you. Um, still share the word about this podcast to friends and family, especially now that it might be uh, the Australian version that we're going to do the next few months. We'll be back then all of a sudden after I settle in in the country down under. So take care so long. Promise me to have an amazing time. Bye.